This is the Pride On podcast from the Civil Service LGBT Plus Network. The coronavirus pandemic has radically changed everyday life for all of us. And for LGBT people, it's also meant that our annual Pride celebrations can't take place in the way they usually do. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring LGBT plus civil servants who are working hard to make sure that we can keep Pride on. I'm John Peart, I'm a gay civil servant and a former vice chair for the Civil Service LGBT Plus Network, and in this episode I'll be joined by two of the people that took my job. Mark Fitchett and James Jefferson are two of the network's new vice chairs and the brains behind Pride On, a new series of digital events that mean the civil service will still celebrate Pride this year. I'll be talking to them all about what we can expect in this unusual period. Mark Fitchett, James Jefferson, welcome to the Pride On podcast. How are you feeling? Really good, thanks. Yeah, really good, thank you. Good, and how are you getting on in lockdown? Where are you both self-isolating? I came up to Edinburgh from London about uh, two and a half months ago when lockdown started, um, as my partner lives up here. So I've been um, up here for the the whole of lockdown. Yeah, and I'm based in London, so I'm currently sat in my room at my makeshift desk, as I have been for the last three months. You're both vice chairs for the LGBT network and also the masterminds behind uh, the Pride On schedule of events and and activities that's going on. But before we get into the details of what's going on for Pride and all those kinds of things, why don't you tell us about what you do for your day jobs in the civil service? You both work in MHCLG, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, So we both work in MHCLG. Um, I'm currently based um, in the cities and local growth unit. I work in MHCLG as well, um, and James with James, but in a different team. I work as a project manager in the homelessness and rough sleeping team. And a lot of you will have seen um, from COVID, the everyone in policy and how we brought rough sleepers into hotels across England. And so I'm part of the rough sleeping task force team that has been looking at how we accommodate rough sleepers and also um, how we make sure that they're moved on to permanent and settled accommodation uh, once uh, this emergency is over. And of course, homelessness and rough sleeping is an issue that particularly affects LGBT people as well. Yeah, it's actually. And we've actually got someone in the team um, who is going to be organising an event as part of Pride On with the Albert Kennedy Trust. So you both recently became vice chairs, uh, probably three or four months ago, was it now? Why did you decide to do that? Why, why did you take on the role? For me, it was actually after attending the Government Equalities Office LGBT conference that I sort of become became interested. And I'd only been a civil servant for about... Uh, three or so months I think when I went to that and that kind of got me interested and sort of opened my eyes to the different um, different things that you could do within the civil service and got me started talking and joining the network. Uh, After that I was then I saw that they were looking for vice chairs uh, for the network and that's when I applied and really I think for me it was about um, being able to sort of have an impact and be able to organise things like Pride On because I think without a sort of dedicated core team and committee and uh, the network things like this wouldn't happen across the civil service and it's really sort of been amazing to be a part of that yeah and for me um i when i joined the civil service about two and a half years ago i think i got involved with the network doing the work on the stonewall workplace equality index and i really enjoyed like 
being able to network across government with other LGBT plus people. And so when the vice chair roles came up, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to like progress and use that interest to like obviously do things like Pride on and help cross government collaboration across all the different LGBT plus networks in the departments. And how have you been finding it, James? You've kind of settled into a kind of comms focused role in your position as vice chair, haven't you, I guess? Yeah, so I kind of picked it up like accidentally. So I just kind of uh, got access to the Twitter and the Instagram feeds and the Facebook. And then I became the comms person. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's been really good, actually. I've, I've, always, uh, I've always enjoyed social media, and, but I never really thought I would work in it. And what about you, Mark? What have you been focusing on? I think probably naturally in my day job, uh, I'm a project manager and so kind of more pride on, I've sort of more gravitated towards helping volunteers run their projects and making sure that um, we're able to deliver and everything's going on track. And so that kind of works really well with James, with James focusing on the comm stuff um, and myself kind of focusing on um, the planning and making sure that everything's scheduled as well. And so I think together we've made it like a really good team to deliver pride on. And so everybody's fully aware of the context around the Pride season this year. And we're recording this on the 3rd of June 2020. Uh, And at this point, there are, to my knowledge anyway, no physical Pride events happening anywhere in the UK and probably being cancelled all over the world as well at this point. And so Pride, I suppose you could very much say, is off. Whose idea was it to keep Pride on? I don't think I can remember. I remember we had as a network, as vice chairs in, the, in, in our week to catch up, we had a discussion about doing some digital events. And then I think me and Mark took it offline and we just kind of brainstormed all these ideas and came up with Pride On. When we first came up with this, we had already, I think, run one social at the start of lockdown and we'd had really positive feedback from people. And so what we were kind of thinking was what is the best way that we can keep them connected over the month of Pride and make sure that they are still able to um, have the community and be able to rely on the network to deliver Pride for them. And as well as as much about the visibility across government as it is about the events. And so for us, it was how do we bring those events online and take them digital while maintaining that that visibility as well. So we've done a lot more things that, you know, maybe in the past we could have done. But this year we kind of had a real focus on that because everyone is working at home and Pride as an event essentially have been cancelled this year. I'm really interested to know just how far you got with preparing the non-digital Pride activities before you had to kind of change tack quite drastically and do this set of events how, how far did you get with this year's pride planning before it all went a bit upside down so really really far actually we'd had our business case um agreed and sort of the funding that we were able to do we were working up what t-shirts placards banners we were going to need to procure to distribute to regional prides across the country as well and i've been on the phone having conversations with float providers about um what floats we were going to be able to procure and the designs for those for the London parade. That was all, I guess, at the start of March, end of February. And then obviously COVID happened. And so all of that kind of almost got shelved overnight. Um, there wasn't going to be a need for any of the stuff physically. And that's when, as sort of James said, in our weekly meetings with the committee, we were sort of thinking, well, this is happening. It doesn't look as if we we're going to be able to run anything physically over the over this pride season what is the network going to do to support our members and you seem to have managed to gain quite a lot of traction with volunteers to make pride stay on this year as well i've seen i think lists close to 60 people trying to get involved in just making this work how have you kind of captured that energy and and were you surprised by the response that people had to getting involved 
Definitely. I think when we first put out in our newsletter that we were looking for volunteers, we weren't really expecting that amount of people to get back to us. I think it kind of really shows just how much people value Pride and how much our members value um, the events that the network runs and how they can stay connected to other LGBT um, colleagues and civil servants. So it's been really, really positive that we've had such a great turnout. Yeah, and just to add to that, like obviously we can't do this without the volunteers. Um, so like, we're really grateful when everyone, when we had so many people sign up, um, it's obviously it's made it what it is now and managed to get so many events and content lined up. And yes, it's just been a really great reception, which I think it took us all by shocks because we know obviously everyone's really busy in their own day jobs. Um, a lot of our members are working on the COVID response. Um, so it's just been really great, the reception that we've had and how many people have got involved and the amount of energy and passion they've really put into it to get everything up and running for launch. Yeah, and everything that you'll see on the website, we've obviously from the committee been helping to coordinate that and make sure that that's pushed out through our platforms. But those events are all volunteer led and they're all member led. And so that's really worth remembering for everyone listening to this is that there's been a team of people behind each of those events and um, content that's been put out that's been working really, really hard over the last uh, month or so to make that happen. And, you know, the message that we've been putting to volunteers as well is that this is your pride as much as it is ours and it's everyone's pride in the civil service and we should all be really proud that we are helping to keep pride on. So you, you've you already said that you got this idea from having done kind of trial run socials if you like replacing your normal physical activities that were non-pride related with digital equivalents. What did you learn from that experience and did the kind of group of people that would normally interact with our physical events change uh, when you move those events online? So the really good thing about our first digital social is that we had uh, members join from all over the country. Um, and when we got people to introduce themselves, that was really that was that was really obvious that we had people from like everywhere and different teams, different people were mixing. Um, people were meeting like digitally meeting people from other areas. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice to like break down those um, spatial barriers. Do you know, I don't think once COVID is over and once we go back to physical socials, so that will be the end over digital socials I think what we have found is that they really do have a place for the network and they do have a place for bringing people together from different parts of the country and different departments who wouldn't normally have crossed paths. Yeah if we have to pull one positive out of the current scenario we're in is that as a network we have really been able to reach and engage with more of our members so it's really enabled us to like really reach out and engage with members that maybe wouldn't have been involved in the network before or wouldn't want to like help with stuff or come to our socials um so it's really like expanded our network base and like we've kind of got more active members now i'd say than we might have had before for us it is about digital socials are able to be more inclusive and for us it's about making sure that we are using those as a way to sort of progress how we interact with our member base that traditionally wouldn't have attended more physical socials that could sometimes be as james mentioned quite like intimidating in a pub environment um as well so Pride On is at least a month's worth of activities that you've both been helping to organise and coordinate. What can people expect across the next month or so in terms of activities and things they can get involved with? So we've got lots of stuff and we've got hopefully something that everyone's interested in. Uh, so we've got a book club. We've got plenty of panel discussions. We've got Mr Motivator, who's done us an exercise video, um, which is really great. I, I received it yesterday and uh, I've been doing it at my desk. Um, so we, we, we're really looking forward to launching that in um in the, in over the next over the few over the next few weeks. 
Uh, we've got a coffee roulette. We've got bingo. Uh, we've got so much a quiz. We've got lots of crafting activities. Uh, we're taking over the government equalities office Twitter for one day. Um, so there's lots of stuff coming up. Um, I don't know if Mark, you want to talk a bit about some of the panel discussions that we've got coming up. Yeah, so I think what we also wanted to do as well as using Pride On to create that visibility across government was also give our members and the volunteers a platform for them to organise different um, panel discussions with Q&As with guest speakers that they're able to sort of bring to the surface some of the key issues that dominate the lives of our LGBT colleagues as well. And so we have got a range of different panel discussions that our volunteers have organised and they'll be happening over the third and fourth week of June. Some of them are sort of based on in the workplace. So there's one on being safe and out in the civil service, which is a panel discussion kind of focusing on how can you encourage people to be themselves at work um, who identify as LGBT plus. We have also got a panel discussion on intersectionality as well, which is people of multiple protected characteristics, such as if you were LGBT and BAME like myself, and the challenges that you face in the workplace and how those differ. So there's loads of really different and great events that we'll be running. And I think I'd really encourage everyone to get involved and join as many as you can. I think what we also want to use Pride On is as sort of an education tool for people. So for allies as well, whether you, if you don't identify as LGBT+, then please still join them. Because I think we want to use these events as a platform that people can really understand the challenges and the issues that LGBT plus people are facing. So I know from experience that the organisation of Pride activities for the civil service normally is a huge amount of work, even in a normal year, for kind of parade activities, organising floats and parade groups and all this kind of stuff. This year, you've obviously chosen to go in a very different direction because of the circumstances, but a lot of what you're producing is obviously going to be very valuable, not just for this year and these particular circumstances, but for every year going forward. What is it from the activities that you are planning this year that you're hoping to continue to do, even if you start to then revert back to those kind of more traditional activities from next year as well? I I think, you know, we're going to see how it goes, I think, over the next uh, month with our events and see what our members want and what they really value. And then I think it's kind of for us to go away and have a think about what we want to continue doing. And I think some of this stuff won't actually just be limited to Pride On. Some of this stuff might be throughout the year that and not just have them exclusively for prides as well so uh, yeah i think the future of the civil service lgbt plus network is going to be more online more digital um digital panel events um, digital content um because as we've shown with our previous digital socials it actually brings us closer together as a network uh, we reach a, a we engage with our members more and we reach a wider diverse audience yeah and do you know for the civil service who knows and we'll next be going back into the office we don't know that and so I think for us as well as a network we could have have we've had to adapt and we need to kind of be thinking how can we use this to our advantage in order that we're able to create a better LGBT plus community within the civil service and really progress the um, LGBT plus agenda as well. And there's been some really great tools that have come out of Pride On um, which John you've helped create Um, so all our digital assets um, which is people have really loved them because it, it kind of it's they're able to use them in their teams they're able to share them around their colleagues um, so for example we have uh, digital assets such as posters Microsoft Teams backgrounds and Zoom backgrounds that will say stuff like civil servant LGBT plus and proud and the members are really loving those kind of assets because they're able like I said they're able to share them um, they're able and it helps promote visibility um, which is obviously 
one of really important that aspect of pride um and so things like that i hope we can carry on and i hope we can keep banners on our email signatures um, and also um i think one thing that pride on has really shown to members is that this network is entirely volunteer-led um and so what people put into it they get out of it um so i'm hoping that we can hopefully engage more members that if they want to run their own events they, that we we have the platforms to host it we have the website we have our mailing list we have all our social media um so i'm, I'm really hoping that people will start to view the network as more of that cross-government collaboration platform um but if people want to do their own events and organize their own panels at any time of the year or any digital socials or push out content they have the flexibility to do that and we're happy just to use our platforms to reach to get out to as many people as possible if I'm not LGBT and I'm in the civil service, what is it that you're hoping that I'll take away from Pride On and how can I get involved as an ally? So all our events are open to obviously all civil servants, LGBT plus and allies. So all allies are welcome to join the events. One of our biggest asks is to all our colleagues and allies is just to, to share what we're doing, to like read our content, to understand why we need Pride and understand why we're celebrating, how we're celebrating Pride this year. Um, so it's just like using our using the tools we've put out there and using our platforms to share that amongst their colleagues and like have a conversation about it um, because that's obviously the biggest value that we can get from allies. Yeah I'd say as well for allies it's as much about visibility and being able to push out pride on across government. If every ally that we had had their email signature updated that's a huge reach and it spreads a lot further than if it was just our network members doing that. So what we'd really encourage all allies to do is to change your email signature, do the wee, the wee things to make sure that that message is spread. Um, because ultimately with that, we're able to have a further reach and be able to promote uh, Pride On and the challenges which our LGBT plus members face. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I always say that being an ally is not a badge of honour, it's a call to action. So if you're a, an ally and you're listening to this podcast, log on to the Civil Service LGBT website at civilservice.lgbt slash pride. See all the things that are going on and make sure that you personally get involved with what's going on throughout this month and beyond. So I think we'll leave it there. Thank you for taking part in the Pride On podcast. Thanks, John. Cool. Thank you very much. Cheers. And we're done. That's it for this episode of the Pride On podcast. Thank you to both James and Mark for taking the time to speak to me today. If you're not already, you can subscribe to this podcast on all of your favourite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also find out more about the Civil Service LGBT Plus Network on our website at www.civilservice.lgbt. Just add forward slash pride for all the latest information about this year's Pride activities. You can follow us at CSLGBT on Twitter, at Civil Service LGBT on Instagram, and visit facebook.com forward slash Civil Service LGBT for all the latest updates. Until next time, thanks for listening and see you again.